Podcast. I am your moderator today, Jacob Gulliver, and I am joined by three of the Hollywood elite. We are joined by our writer, Max Savage, who is Jeremy Irons' mustache consultant. We are joined by our director, Kyle Decker, who is Hulk Hogan's mustache consultant. Yeah, brother. And we are joined by Ben Lifson, our producer, who is John Waters' mustache consultant. Mm. Welcome, gentlemen. It's How a are classic. you today? <laughs> the, the giants of the lip decor industry right <laughs> before you absolutely so i have a uh, a prompt that's come from our our movie machine here the theme of this story is wacky relationship the main characters are a lucky beggar and an ambitious politician the start of the story is a promotion the end of the story is training all right i have three minutes a lucky beggar and an ambitious politician policeman Wack- policeman policeman Ambitious policeman. What was the end Lucky again? Beggar. Training. All right. Well, I think as we are all uh, in, the, in the facial hair business, we should maybe add mustaches to this and just uh, tie the beggar and the policeman together from day one. All right. Beggar and a policeman. And the beggar, we will find on a city street corner uh, against a lamppost with a hat full of money turning around walking into uh, some corner grocery. Someone comes up, steals the money from the beggar, and the policeman uh, appears dramatically from around the corner, mustache in full flower, and tackles the bandit to the ground. After some, uh, after conversation, after an invitation, the entire, uh, the two, now with the returns money, uh, policeman sees an opportunity here. That's what this is about. Uh, policeman sees an opportunity and uh, offers to buy the beggar coffee. Beggar over time is promoted into working uh, undercover for this policeman as he's climbing the ranks. Uh, Beggar is infiltrating various drug rings around the city and just by by sheer luck every time he manages to get in, finger the guy he needs, give it to the policeman, the policeman gets the collar and he just keeps getting promoted. Uh, And we're going to follow this, let's see, we're going to follow this all the way through. We need a complication. I think that... The beggar needs to fall in love at some point over the course of that. We've got a wacky relationship in here. Let's make that happen. Beggar falls in love with the most glamorous woman in the city who just happens to be addicted to every substance known to man. And uh, the two of them hit it off. The policeman and the beggar end up in a climactic confrontation on top of a warehouse. A climactic fight scene through smoke from exhaust vents. At the end of which the policeman ends up plummeting off the off the top of the building. The lucky beggar is revealed reveals the policeman's corruption, taking dirty money from uh, taking dirty money from an opposing cartel earlier in the film, uh, and the uh, beggar is promoted into the police program properly, recruited by the FBI. End of film. Okay, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> we need a title for this movie. Oh. Turnaround. Turnaround. Okay. Kyle, the script for Turnaround has just been passed across your desk. 
Uh, it's a wacky relationship between uh, a beggar and a policeman, and uh, involves seedy corruption, uh, ambition, wild political goals, and some good good old-fashioned hard drugs as well, it sounds like. What do you think? How are we going to make this movie memorable? All right. How are we going to make it exciting? Well, I'm going to say, I got this. I've been waiting to be handed a good buddy film for a while. This is a twist instead of two cops, or two con men. We basically have a cop who's kind of a con man, and just this beggar guy teaming up. You know, it's like trading places both without and funny people. But we can make this work. So first thing to do, I'm going to shoot this very traditional, you know, like cop film. You know, big wide lenses most of the time. Car chases when needed. Uh, very crisp, very clean. We're going to film the whole thing in the city. Our, you know, third character, if you will, is going to be the city. Probably Toronto, because we can make Toronto look like any city in the world. And maybe never even reference what city. But we'll have all those great alleyway shots and traffic and the sounds of the city will be our main characters. And uh, so our beggar, important character, but we ought, you know, we want, want, don't want to get too far a wacky relationship. So we're going we're gonna to pull from the comedy. We're going to bring a comedy genius who is a little unheralded. Best known for his voice work in Finding Nemo arguably, Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett is going to be our beggar. It's going to be a down-on-your-luck, aw, shucks kind of guy who gets robbed. Beat Cop, who's always getting promoted and everything intense. Also from Finding Nemo, William Dafoe. <laughs> William Dafoe is going to play our cop, who he can play the intense yet corrupt cop very well. No one would be surprised to find out a character played by William Dafoe is shady and a little unhinged. And plus we get to get the great shot of the Hans Gruber shot of him falling off the roof. <laughs> but making the Willem Dafoe face while doing it, which would be amazing. Like that will be a gif all over the internet, <laughs> I guarantee it. So in a lot of the movie we're just going to re- rely on really strong dialogue written for these two to play off each other. It's just going to be the Brad Garrett Willem Dafoe show. Them just like Brad Garrett's kind of wet blanket Big man with a big heart kind of thing playing off William Defoe's little intense, like this beat. Instead of actually beat cop, we're gonna make him a seasoned detective because he's been moving up and he's been making, you know, everything. And and the scene where he, where the, the the beggar initially gets robbed is William Defoe's coming out of a pastry shop after his investigation. He just you know he loses his coffee and his his donut. And that's why they take him out for breakfast later on and he gets the chase down. So William Defoe's got all his Little fingers in with the right judges and everything, and then here, here's the the the, the romance scene. A little shoehorned in. I can see having wanting to have females in the cast, but drugged out like kind of star and everything. Miley Cyrus, not much of a stretch. <laughs> Courtney Love wins an Oscar for uh, the People versus Larry Fent for playing a drugged out cokehead. Miley Cyrus, perfect for the role. We won't even tell her she's on a movie set. She won't know any difference. Okay. Ben, you've uh, got a script. you got a, a pitch on your desk. Huh? Uh, how are we going to get this movie made? Okay, two things. First off, Turnaround is already a movie. It's, two, it's from 2007. It's about a high school girl who plays tennis. You can't call it that. Okay? Very well. Second, um, I'll have Miley Cyrus as a cherished childhood icon to many kids. So, um, I- I'm worried about her image, you know, affecting that. So, um... <laughs> Do you watch MTV? So, anyway, 
Have you seen Wrecking Ball? I make movies. I do not watch that filth. Anyway. So, Willem Dafoe, yeah, that sounds good. I mean, just in the script, I mean, just kind of, you should probably be up front to show that he's the bad guy. You know, it's, like, pretty obvious because, like, I don't think he's ever been cast as a good guy in a guy or not. Who Doc Saints? He was a good guy. Yeah, but he's... Oh, he was a weirdo, but a good guy. Yeah, but I didn't like his hair in that movie, so, and he was you a know. good guy in Finding Nemo. Um, so, yeah, so there we got that. I feel like you need kind of... Right now, I don't know, just going up the ranks, there needs to be the big mystery, you know? Because right now it's just kind of like vignettes kind of thing. Them going around, solving various crimes, sometimes solving crimes, moving up the thing. You really need uh, something to tie it all together. So, you know, the big case, the thing that seems like a small case maybe, and then builds up into a big thing. And that's where you start to see Willem Dafoe's thing. Um, I think otherwise audiences are going to get bored, or it's like, because most audiences, when they go into a a mystery movie, they'd be like, okay, I only want to solve one mystery. And if you keep having all these mini mysteries, they'll be like, oh, this is too much thinking, you know? So you gotta have you gotta have a big mystery there. That's my big point. I don't know how much Willem Dafoe works, so I'll have to, um, I mean, I don't think he does too much anymore. He can't really come back in Spider-Man movies anymore, so. I haven't watched a lot of movies recently, so I'm not sure. But anyway, I think right now, I mean, it seems like a pretty simple story. Just kind of get the um, shooting in the city, I'd say maybe like, I don't know, 40, 50 mil. I could maybe throw in an extra five if you just were able to work in a big gunfight in there somewhere. Um, but like, when, I'm, when I say big gunfight, I mean we need trailer bait right here. So we need like 30 guys all shooting guns and like, it's like, and it's like, you know, them talking behind cover. And it's like, you got to go out there and I don't know, maybe even like kiss and stuff while you're shooting at because the audience loves that shit. So if you can shoehorn that in, I can offer you another five mil on that. Uh, but yeah, got to change the name. Uh, that's definitely things so I'm not competing with a Disney Channel original. All right. So Max, uh, you've got some big names attached. You've got money behind it, uh, and you've got a little list of of changes attached to the top of of your script here. What do you think? What's what's coming next? What are you going to do to uh, make this piece really shine? All right. Well, I think what I really want to do with this is I want to take this back to the... Uh, as I continue to write, I want to take this back to the 80s classic action. The really solid Stallone era, huge training montage and all the rest of it. So I And really get into uh, taking down a single enormous cartel. Uh, something huge in the city and maybe yeah I think that'll work two big competing gangs one, and the cop is in the pay of one and the beggar and the cop are working together Defoe and Brett I think it was are working together to take down the other and at the end of the film the big climactic reveal the giant gunfight the whole thing takes place again warehouse turns out the cop is dirty money not only that he is working for the secret organization behind everything that holds this warehouse. Uh, Coke cartel blows up into a giant conspiracy in the fifth act, in the fourth act of the film. Uh, realize this at the very end. We have guns everywhere. We've got giant assault rifles. We've got we've got something on a tripod of spraying death downrange. And the two, the beggar and the cop, at the end realize that they've been against each other the whole time on the on the roof of the building. And that's where we get that in there. Uh, as for a new name. Turn around. 
No, somebody must have grabbed Rags to Riches already. We can work on it. We can, yeah. They, they called Return of the Jedi Blue Harvest until they called it Return of the Jedi. So was was the film Turnaround previously, was that one word or was that two words? That was two words. That was two words? I wanted one word from the beginning. It's turnaround. all I want. Yeah, just turn around. <laughs> turn around? Yeah, t- turn around. Tur- it's it's all still there. You don't have to you don't have to elide the vowel. It's it, turn around. Okay. One word. Boom. That's it. Okay. Anything else you want to add? Any more changes you want to make to the script? I think in that climactic firefight, we're going to need some helicopters. Okay. <laughs> That's about what I've got. Okay. Sounds good. All right, Kyle, you've got some changes in your script. You have money coming in. Uh, what What do you think? What's happening next? All right, well, I'm very glad we got to keep Brad Garrett. I'm so excited for working with that guy. I mean, he's one of my, I'm probably his biggest fan, maybe his only fan. Who knows? So a little upset what Miley Cyrus didn't give me many options. I do admit she's probably a little young for Willem Dafoe, so why not Cameron Diaz? She's still a little bit younger, but she's actually a pretty good actor and probably can play... The deranged out of her mind, coke addict, whatever, you know, and she still has sex appeal, and there'll be that nostalgia kind of thing pulling her into the theaters. People's like, hey, remember when she was in Charlie's Angels? Maybe no one will say that, but someone might. We can capitalize on that. So, yeah, you got, you got that. Her role will be mostly, her connection will somehow be Brad Garrett falls in love with her, but she's really a kind of connection for William Defoe with the drug cartel. So, that's kind of their triangle otherwise it's just kind of a side plot that doesn't draw it all in so she's somehow tied either she let's just say she owes the cartel money i like that and just like and brad garrett's got to save her from both her addiction and the violence of the cartel and willem dafoe and there's love the idea of big fight scene big you know go all out well you know yeah we'll have multiple we'll save all our entire helicopter budget for that final scene have multiple police and news helicopters like filming the big fight and then maybe we can get like one of those uh armored personnel carriers that all police departments have like ramming through the building and everything and uh brad garrett can like barrel like tumble out of it with like an ak-47 or something (laughs) and kill a bunch of guys they'll be really and he can drop some just like kind of slowly sedated one-liner as brad get it going you're under arrest but it'll somehow be funny because there's like a chair on the bad guy or something you know, like under an armrest, uh, or you know, we'll figure it out. Brad Garrett, I hear he's really good at the improv, so we'll have him, you know, say it, come up with a few one-liners, and it'll probably be in the trailer. We may not put it in the final cut, but it'll definitely be in the trailer as one-liner. So they'll just be expecting, you know, Brad Garrett action star. That doesn't. I'm not very hopeful about this movie. All of a sudden, oh, <laughs> I don't know, but I feel like we've already shot so many scenes. So far, so hopefully Brad Garrett can carry an action film by himself. Um, is it too late to get a sidekick in there? But yeah, so I'll, I'll get I'll get the guys who worked on the latest Ninja Turtles movie to help me with the special effects because that movie did really well, and you know the kids were like, "Hey, from the special effects team that brought you the Ninja Turtles CGI jerk off fest comes Turnaround with Brad Garrett." Yay. I feel bad now. All right. So, Ben, uh, <laughs> you've got a few changes. Uh, you've got a few updates. What what comes next? Is the uh, the new additions going to be worth the money? Okay. Well, first off, I don't want to get the TMT guy because I've heard rumors that if you work within three degrees of separation with Michael Bay, you get dementia. So um, <laughs> let's try to avoid that. 
Now, I still going through the script. There's a bit of a problem dementia, because, but you also get a boner, right? Uh, a lot of people, <laughs> you still in the script try to make it a surprise when Willem Dafoe is the bad guy. So to help, and that's we to alleviate that a bit to the absolute not surprise. Uh, we're gonna do some viral marketing, some fake interviews with Willem Dafoe saying it's like, you know, I really wanna get out of my typecast, you know, and that's not Willem Dafoe's voice, I think, but um, you know, just talking about like I've been in this area so long, this is my time to shine, you know, make him show as a hero. Uh, we'll give some makeup on his cheekbones, maybe. Uh, make maybe give him less piercing, you know, contact lenses. Uh, <laughs> just kind of throw the audience off. Also, the beggar, we decided that he should have a bit more of a backstory. We don't, we need to know why he's a beggar. So I had a team film that without your permission, and it's in the movie now. Um, so there's that. Next. Uh, well, let's... what is the background? So anyway, um... <laughs> you just say that and walk away? Uh, Monster. It's, it's an NDA. I can't talk about that scene. So anyway... What? That's, what? It's going to be public in, what, three months? So anyway... A minute and thirty. Okay, so anyway, see, we don't have time to talk about this. The man spoke. Now, um, yeah, no, I think uh, definitely some marketing on that. We were talking about getting a sidekick in there. Uh, most of the things were shot, so most of the sidekick would have to be uh, not in person. So occasionally, um, you know, the beggar would call his old, like, middle school friend, because obviously he didn't go to high school or college, but... Um, <laughs> You know, just like get him information. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I found this thing for you. Uh, so um, we can probably shoot that also. You know, I don't know. What's the kid who t did short round? Like, how old is he now? <laughs> I'm uh, sure he's older than me. Right. So I think, uh, you know, he, he, he could fit in there, you know. Um, you know, I think that'd be a little nod to his old character because that's something short round would do. So, um, and this is based on your suggestion, sir. For a sidekick. So we got a sidekick in there. You're welcome. Um, so yeah, uh, we uh, released Turnaround uh, in two months. So uh, tell your kids. Oh yeah, it's also PG-13 now. We had to cut out some of the uh, swearing in there because we need a wider audience. But we will then release an R-rated version later. Okay. You're welcome. All right, guys, I've plugged all the data into the movie machine. Oh, uh, stupid. We've got oh, some God. marketing info coming in here. The ticker tape is rolling. <clears throat> Why do you use ticker tape? I mean, it's just the, the thing you do. Okay. <laughs> is, do you have an alternative that would be better than ticker tape? Yeah, floppies. <laughs> all right. So the data is rolling out. <laughs> I'm sure ticker tape would be best. America doesn't understand this movie. They, they are very confused with what's going on. You cast a kid's movie voice actor as a main character in a grittier cop movie. <laughs> Robin, the, parents, the parents don't know who the voice Robin actor Robin Williams is. was in Aladdin, sir. Yeah, I know. But he wasn't in, like, gritty cop movies. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, America doesn't know what to do with this movie. It's largely panned. It's largely ignored. Uh, the, the title is pretty forgettable, so it's not something that people, like, see on a list of movies and think, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, what's that one about? Uh, however, China likes this movie because they love corrupt cop stories. That's their bread and butter in Hong Kong, Hong Kong, especially since you made it sort of 80s style. China likes this movie. John Wu tweets that it was a pretty good film. <laughs> and Steve, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, Steve, I will take that. Yeah. Steve, Stephen Chow tweets that uh, America finally made an okay film. <laughs> so you get a little bit of a secondary market in China and there's 
like a weird Chinese market that's now interested in this movie, so it's gonna be playing on Chinese cable a lot. They yeah. filmed in Hong Kong sequel. Well, they they asked to do a remake of the movie starring Chinese actors. As long as I get a royalty yeah. check, don't care. Uh, like that, that is racial yeah. censoring. So uh, yeah, because America's you're getting a royalty. Back. You get a royalty check. Who cares? Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, but I have to say that legally, I don't yeah. actually care. So that's that's how it turns out. You guys, uh, you guys get another chance to go around and say if there's any uh, last little changes or anything you'd like to make before the uh, movie gets released. I think that I need to start studying Cantonese so I can write films for the audiences that need to see them. Clearly. The Chinese appreciate greatness. Anything else you would like to uh, to change? Any more reflections on how things turned out? Well, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be at least one cut that involves silent movie style large blocks of text rolling past the camera to hit all of the stuff that we didn't manage to shoehorn into the actual film. Intertitles. Hmm? Intertitles. In- yes, precisely. Intertitles. That's what I've got. Okay. Kyle, anything else you want to add to this film? Um... Well, all right, so Jonathan K. Kwan, the actor who played Short Round, is 44. So, not really a kid anymore. I mean, he's, he's closer to AARP than he is to kindergarten. So, uh, we're not going to shoot him as a sidekick. <laughs> but so, well, as a sidekick, but now that we know there's interest in China, what we're going to do, the beggar, how does Brad Garrett become a convincing action star? Well... He has a wise and old Chinese mentor who teaches him how to fight and everything, played by Chow Young Fat. <laughs> and so we will shoot several scenes of the beggar who lives in the sewer being mentored by a fellow homeless guy, played by Chow Young Fat, getting his kung fu like action butt kicking thing. So at the final fight scene, when Brad Garrett is fighting William Defoe, Brad Garrett fights like Chow Young Fat. <laughs> So you're just going to go the full Bulletproof Monk then? Yes, but better. And with <laughs> and there's not going to be any mysticism or anything. It's just going to be like, Chow Yun-Fat seen some stuff, yeah. and he's passing on his knowledge. There's none of the mysticism, Stifler goodness going on there. Yeah. yeah. That's really the only change I'm making. That's really to tap into that Chinese market a little more by bringing in a star that is both recognizable in the United States and in Hong Kong. And then we can... Sell it, make me make up some DVD sales in the United States by selling it as a Chow Yun Fat movie. And then at least people who like, you know, Hong Kong action films will be fooled into thinking it is it. Well, thinking it's one of those and, and maybe sell enough Blu rays and DVDs in the United States to, to further bolster the Chinese market. Ben, what do you think? Can, uh, can you afford Chow Yun Fat? Well, see, I have a whole list of uh, th- reasons and all these sort of things. However, since I have limited time, I'm going to instead spend it griping at the moderator for something he said wrong- that was wrong. First off, Robin Williams was in a cop movie. It was called Insomnia and came out in 2004 by Christopher Nolan, okay? Yeah, that movie's terrible. Have you seen it? And Pat Oswald played a fucking rat, so don't tell me that kids are going to, adults are going to be like, oh, he was in a Pixar movie, okay? What were we talking about again? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, Chow Young. Yeah, Yeah, you you, could get him, you know. It's, uh, I I don't know, like, I mean, what else is he going to be, what else is he doing right now? A lot of Chinese movies. Yeah, well, this is basically a Chinese movie now. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) 
I do it. You know, well, we're basically deporting this movie to China now, anyway. Deporting? So. Uh, That's not just, the word. So choice, we can please. just uh, be a part of this movie, you know, as part of Chinese heritage. Let China deal with getting him into the movie, you know? And, uh, you know, we're shooting an alternate version of the movie right now where we will insert we're his We're filming scenes. The Departed before we have the right. Chinese version to rip off. So we are getting... <laughs> we are getting... Uh, we'll just splice his scenes in there, reshoot some things. Uh, they can release it as their own movie. And we'll just take a chunk of the profits. Uh, you know, just make money. It's out of our hands now, so whatever. You know? It's like... <laughs> You know, I, I have kids. You know, I don't want to spend all my time working on this completely awful movie. So uh, hey, so you put know, a lot of work into this. But you know, let the Chinese handle it. So I think everyone wins. Insensitive Guaylo bastard. Uh, except maybe America. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, with your changes, your 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 bottom line doesn't really change at all because Chinese vet does bring in more of a market, but he is also more expensive. He's more wary of joining an American movie. After it's a Chinese of, movie. Yeah, now. some of the disasters that he's been in. Uh, At least we didn't call you, it Bulletproof Chinese? Monk 2. No, no, you're not. So it's an American movie. Anyways. Um, so yeah, your, your bottom line doesn't really change, but the Chinese like having Chow Yun Fat a little bit more. So congrats. Uh, turnaround makes a little bit of money. You guys go home with a check in your pocket. So Turnaround got a small turnaround? Yes, exactly. Oh. All right, I will leave you with a quote from our, our divine sage of wisdom, Guy Fieri. Cooking is like snow skiing. If you don't fall at least ten times, then you're not skiing hard enough. Have a great day.